The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Merry Christmas. Good afternoon, and we are on the 12th of 12 Indisputable Truths here on American Family Radio's Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley, in with Dr. Alex McFarlane and Brother Bert Harper this afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, Good Jim. afternoon, brothers. You know, this has been a really interesting series, and the reason we're doing this is because both Bert and Alex have some time that they're going to be away during the Christmas break. In fact, Bert, we're just <laughs> we're just hoping he shows back up. <laughs> hey, when you have the kids and the grandkids and you want to be around them, oh, you take every opportunity. I'm, I'd admit it, I do. Amen. And so this worked out really well for us because our friends at Tyndall House Publishing, they have a Bible called the Hope and Encouragement Bible. And we've given a lot of those away over the last couple of weeks. We're going to continue to give some away today as we're wrapping the study up. But in the front part of that are a couple of letters from the publisher, from the editor, and then there's the 12 indisputable truths. And they have them there so that you can follow them throughout Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. And so the Bible has some really neat stuff in there. Um, but again, it is a Bible. I want to be clear. It's not a paraphrase. It's not taking, you know, it's not just saying this, this, and this, and breaking it up like that as some other study Bibles have. But this is just a Bible that's a, a really good study Bible, but it's also good for offering hope and encouragement to those around us who might be hurting. And so when you think of Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, and then as we move forward into the New Year, it always seems like more hope and encouragement is needed during that time. You know, I I remember a Gideon Bible, and, and again, it's different, but it made me think of it. In the Gideon Bible, you'll find some helps that say, if you're discouraged, read this. Mm-hmm. If if you need help, you know, and, and I find out these 12 indisputable truths have some of that effect because, you know, guilt Guilt is one of the most powerful tools of Satan to misuse. There's real guilt, and then there's false guilt. Real guilt comes in the form of conviction from God. Mm -hmm. That false guilt comes from Satan or self that causes us to not want to turn, but we feel dirty and filthy and we stay in that undeserving. So what we're looking at, we're looking at this idea, and, and I want to run by these 12 one more time before sure. we start with this one, and I'll, I'll name it. But the first indisputable gift is you are loved, and then you are not alone, you are known, you are important, you are forgiven. You are special. You have a purpose. You are held. You are equipped and able. You are blessed. You are guided. And today, because of all of those, (laughs) we have a hope. We have a hope. Amen. Let me me share this scripture, and then I want you guys, you know, because that's generally how we start them off. We've done that each each time during the study is we've had kind of a jump-off scripture. And so today, because we're talking about hope, this is actually a scripture that we used for a share a a confident hope. And so uh, when we look at this in Romans 5, verses 2 through 5, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. 
and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And then verse 5, And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That sounds like the job of a comforter, doesn't it? Mm, it really does. Absolutely. Man, what a list. Yeah. You know, and how God finishes it. I, I One more scripture, and that's in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. He talks about all these faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. But right in the middle between faith and and love is what? Hope. 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 And oh, yeah. hope is based upon those two things. Now, guys, uh, God's faithfulness and his love toward us. And therefore, from those, Alex, we have hope. We do. And, you know, I've heard different preachers preach sermons on how, you know, the human body can go X number of days without food. You can't go many days without water, can't go many minutes without oxygen, but the human soul can't go long at all without hope. Guys, uh, do you recall back in, I think it was 2018, there were uh, some boys, uh, a soccer team, but they went exploring a cave, and this was in Thailand, if I remember, and these boys got stuck in a cave, and the, the tide came in, and water trapped them, and for, I it seemed like it was uh, like two or three weeks, these uh, people were trapped in a cave, and there was this great, uh, the whole wide world was watching, and different scientists and people were trying to come up with a plan on how to rescue this team. Do you guys remember that? I remember I that, yeah. And uh, in fact, if if I remember, one of the divers actually drowned trying to do this rescue, and they were, I mean, imagine being in pitch dark in this cave, and then finally they they broke through a rock, and one of the rescuers shined a flashlight. And they said, this one beam of light, everybody's heart rejoiced because suddenly they had a hope. And it might be today, friends, just here in this broadcast where three guys, uh, in best the best way we know how, we just want to tell you Jesus loves you. Now that might be the little flashlight beam of hope you need to hear today. Uh, God still answers prayer. That should give you hope. Uh, the, the Word of God is still eternally, infallibly true. <laughs> the Bible is the inerrant Word from God, the Word of God, never fails. The truth of Scripture, that might look, be a little uh, beam of light and hope today. The, if we, we think about it, I think we've got a lot of reason trusting in God to be hopeful. And that hope is based up, upon the Word of God. It's based upon who Jesus Christ is and what He has done, what He is doing now. Now, we do talk a lot about what Jesus has done, and rightfully so. Uh, being born, we just just went through Christmas, the incarnation, through a perfect life, and He faced the temptations, and He overcame those temptations to be a perfect sacrifice on the cross. And there he died and was buried and rose again the third day and has ascended. But have you 
let's think about the hope we have because of what Jesus is doing now. Mm. He is our mediator. He is the one that takes our case before the Father. And and Alex and Jim, when I think about Jesus Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, I can't help but remember when Stephen was being stoned and he looked up into heaven and he said, Father, forgive them. And and then he saw Jesus standing at the right hand. All the other places, guys, it says he was what? Seated at the right hand of the Father. But at that moment, he stand. We don't know all the reasons. Speculation says he was standing in ovation for our faith. He was welcoming in, He, you know, overlooking. But Jesus is active today. Now, that, yeah. that gives me hope, not just because of what he has done, but what he is doing. And then one more step further, guys, what he's going to do one day. Uh, the song Midnight Cry, which Amen. is an awesome Gold song. City. Yeah, oh, yes. he, he's just waiting for what? Son, go, go get my children. Go get your children. And Amen. and so our hope is in what Christ has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Brother, you better be careful. This is going to turn into a Pentecostal <laughs> service real quick. Alex, uh, you know, you're not in studio with us today. And I want to be sure that, uh, you know, usually we have visual clues that we can see when the other person <laughs> wants to talk. Well, we have. I want to be sure that we get all the, the observations that you have in as well. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I can add too much beyond what we're all saying, you know. Uh, that directive, son, go get my children. And, you know, we might be very close to that, that word. Uh, I'll tell you, um, any day Christ could blow that trumpet and or the trumpet would sound and we would go be caught up with Jesus. Mm. You know what, guys, this this may or may not be um, germane to the conversation, but I do a lot of flying. I'm up in airplanes a lot. And um, if you're down in the middle of a big city, I mean, it seems huge. And frequently I change planes in either Atlanta or Dallas, Texas. And those Bless are both your big, heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I tell you. That's just uh, part no, of the... No coveting from Bert or Jim on that one, brother. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, flying uh, is not a fun part of my world, but it is part of what is involved in preaching the gospel. But, you know, you take off in that airplane, and it's amazing when you have a, a 10,000, 30,000-foot view. Um, even the biggest cities look pretty small. And uh, I was coming into Atlanta the other day, and Atlanta's huge. And um, over there is Stone Mountain, which is gigantic. And then the city of Atlanta, from the air, doesn't really look that big. And the reason I was thinking about this is, you know, the old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Wonderful Face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I think about how we get so immersed in this life and we're down in the trenches, and things are just all around us, just like you're maybe down deep in the belly of a big city. But I'm going to tell you, folks, this world, as much as it means to us sometimes, look, this world is a blip, a tiny speck, a little grain of sand in light of eternity. And I think about the people that, um, well, you know, celebrities and wealthy people, and we've all heard stories of different ones that lived only for this life. And from the vantage point of eternity, this world is a small, tiny little thing. 
Now, it's an important thing, and people are what's important to God. Uh, Riches and art and paintings and the, the bling of life, those things are so temporary. Read 1 John 2. But people matter to God. And the things, I'm, I'm trying to always call myself back to the right priorities and keep myself on the right biblically informed perspective. This world is passing away. But Jesus Christ, salvation, others, winning people to Christ, that's what matters. That's what counts for eternity. And uh, I think we've, we've got to re-remind ourselves of the right priorities every day. Amen. You know, uh, Paul talks to us in Colossians, the first chapter, and, and picking up at verse 25 there. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for gen- centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Now, another translation, I believe it's the English Standard Version there in uh, verse 27, says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm. We'll come back. Hallelujah. (laughs) We'll come back. Verse ready. uh, And Alex is too. We'll come back and unpack that verse in just a moment. As we are talking about the 12 indisputable truths, we're on the 12th one today. You have hope. That and more as Exploring the Word continues straight ahead on American Family Radio. given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. That was, and then on to verse 27 there, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too, and this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. And then, as I, as I mentioned a moment ago in the English Standard Version, it says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I, and I wanted to read that again because we just heard Away in a Manger, mm. you know, as we were coming back from the break. And Paul talks about that the scripture has been hidden for years and centuries but has now been made, has been revealed to you and, and us Gentiles too. Man, how cool is that? That we've just wrapped up <laughs> celebrating the birth of Christ this past week, but we're still talking about the hope that was, made, that was laid in the manger that day. Hey, guys, listen to that. That scripture covers the past, brings us to the present, and looks forward to the future. Watch out now. It really mm-hmm. does. I had written those down, and and I was thinking about that, and I said, man, that verse just does it. We, we, we have a hope because of, mm-hmm. you know, of who God is, what Christ has done, 
We have that hope. We talked about that. We have hope of the future, the hope of glory. Right. Now, what is it? It's Christ in you Amen. now. Right. He's, he's living in us now. And each one of the other 11 indisputable truths, they have that, what we have now. We are forgiven now. We're guided now. We're blessed now. And, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, right now there's people who, who are listening that are discouraged. You know, their Christmas didn't meet their expectation. Right. Their hopes was dashed because somebody didn't get to come in. Their, the gifts didn't arrive on time because of the <laughs> supply chain breakdown. And, and, and all these things, but Christ in you, that is the hope we have. Uh, and I've, I've shared that before. Yes, I love to think about walking with Christ the way the apostles did. But having Christ in me, uh, I want to ask you all a question. Both of you respond if you would. What would you say is the biggest advantage, having Jesus beside you or having Christ in you? Mm. Okay. Well, Alex, yes. you go first. <laughs> Let Jim think. That's right. I'm going to ponder. <laughs> Well, you, you know, every now and then when there's a question that's just a real amen <laughs> shouting question, uh, is it this or is it that? And Bert will say yes. You know, <laughs> it's, it's both and, and I think that's one of those, oh, my goodness, everything. I mean, imagine a, a diamond and, you know, a, a fine diamond. Any way you turn it, the light is refracted and it's got all these facets and every part of the diamond is beautiful. I mean, that's how the Christian life is. I mean, my my sin is forgiven. My past and my journey makes sense. And my future is in God's hands. And uh, and whether I'm lonely, he's my comforter. Whether I've wandered and I need to to come back onto the path, he's my restorer and my redeemer. And, you know, all these things. That's what Matthew 12, 21, speaking of Jesus, says in his name, the nations put their hope. Jesus is the hope of every nation, and he can be the hope of every person if they'll turn to him right now. And uh, uh, he is coming back. Guys, have you ever you ever notice how the movies or the stories that, that really seem to grip us, you know, whether it's, you know, a John Wayne Western or, or even, you know, uh, so many movies I could name, but at the critical moment where all is nearly lost, the hero shows up at just the right time. And I think part of the reason those kind of stories resonate with us is because we are in a story, and I promise you folks, Jesus came, Jesus rose, and at just the right time. I know the world is pretty chaotic right now. I know people, you know, nationally and even individually, people are on edge. Everybody's wondering, you know, what in the world is going to happen? I don't know when. I don't know all the details, but I promise you, at precisely the right moment, the king will appear. Amen. <clears throat> you know, Bert, the question was, would we be better being at his side or better having him living in us? And I have to say, and, and like Alex, I would agree yes to both of those. However, I think for me, I do better because he lives in me. I have his spirit with me because I don't know that I would treat him with the reverence and respect 
had I lived in the day of Christ and been able to walk with him each and every day. Because then it would have been, I think I've probably, because I know how, even now with people in authority, I approach them more as a friend than I do, you know, as, uh, and it's not that I disrespect them, don't misunderstand me, but it's one of those things that I, I don't know that I would not have become, you know, have become so comfortable that I forgot who he was. And so now, in retrospect, because of his spirit living in me and the ability to study the word, I can see him for who he was, who he is, and who he will be when he returns yeah. to, to bring me home. And so that's just for Jim Stanley. I, yeah. You know, I, I know my limitations. And so I think I would, have, I would have just come to taking him for granted. I would say yes as well on both of those. But I, I, I want to give you a scenario if this were possible. You know, both of you guys know I love basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I was a wannabe and I uh, loved to play, loved to watch it. And, and one of my favorite players that ever lived was a long time ago that people might not even know his name, John Havlicek. He played for the Boston Celtics when the Celtics were just raining. They won championship after championship. This is even before Larry Bird came along. And, and I, I thought, if John Havlicek, if I, if I could come alongside him and learn how to play the way he plays, that would be awesome to have a – a mentor like that, a tutor like that. But then I thought if if some mysterious way John Havlicek could occupy my body, <laughs> how much better that would be. Okay. That's you, good. Now you're getting weird. I know it is. <laughs> but Christ in me, uh, listen, guys, God has chosen. Just think about this. God has chosen to take up residence in our lives. Uh, Jim, you were talking about the 12 indisputable truths and the one about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That really blows my mind. But him in me blows my mind as well, that he Mm -hmm. would choose to live in me. And that doesn't make me God. Don't, Don't you hear that? That's not what the Bible teaches. We don't become little gods. But we have God taking up residence in our life and to do what we talked about yesterday, to guide us, mm-hmm. but then finally to give us hope. Amen. And in that hope, we find it in him and him alone. Uh, Alex, uh, if we trust in other things other than God in concerning eternity, it's a misplaced hope, isn't it? Well, exactly, exactly. Um, have Have you ever pondered on that First uh, Corinthians three that says, "Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you?" And what's interesting is, um, previous to that, it it had asked this question, and you know, we always talk about how Paul is just the master of asking questions. He says, "You know, what does the temple of the Lord have to do with the temple of idols?" You know, First Corinthians three sixteen. What Agreement exists between the temple of God and the temple of idols, and the answer is none, of course. And then Paul says, we are the temple of the living God. Christ lives in us. Um, I, I don't think we can fully comprehend that. I, I think we know it. Guys, don't you—and um, this is going to sound really subjective, but regarding the, the presence of God with you, the guidance of God, if, if you're a Christian, like you just know. You just know. Um, people ask me things. Bert, I know you get asked a lot, too. You know, would you come and pastor my church, or would you uh, do this or, or do that? And 
it seems like every week there's options set in front of you. And some things I really have to pray about. And then other things I just know, and I'll say, you know, thank you, but that's, I, I don't think that's God's plan for me right now. Mm. Um, you just know, don't you? You know, and thinking about that, why do we know? We know because of God's presence in us. And we were thinking about hope. And it. Uh, I got to thinking about this, and it brings me back to Abraham when he was called out. When you have hope, it's usually calling you from to. In other mm-hmm. words, you leave in where you are. Listen to this. It's it's Genesis 12, and we're, look at the hope that's in that. And Alex, like you just said, you know these things. Now, the Lord said to Abram, this is before he added the ha ham to it. He said, <laughs> get out of your country from your kindred and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. You've got to hear the hope. I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great, and you should be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, the hope that Abraham had was leaving where he was to go where God wanted him to do. Many times the reason we don't have hope is because we're not willing to turn loose of of what we have that it it may be good but it's not best and and so here for Abraham he says get out of your country your kindred your father's house to a land that I will show you now I, I usually have fun with this can you imagine him coming home and telling Sarah pack your bags well why well we're leaving why are we leaving well God told me to well where we're we going I don't know. How long will it take us to get there? I don't know, but I have hope that he will show us. Yeah. And even though heaven is not has not been seen by us, it's been described to us through the Word of God, and we have hope of that, we have something in hope. In hope. You remember what it says in Philippians about, about those who have not seen? Yeah. We have not seen it, but we have hope in the reality of who Jesus is. And that's why that Christ in you is so powerful. All of our hope is based upon who he is and what he's done, Alex. Amen. And, you know, there might be somebody listening, and and you are walking with the Lord, but God is calling you to some new things. And and let me just say, these callings, and all three of us around the table here, and Devin, too, running the board, I think we all know what it is to uh, leave the comfort zone. Devin went to India as a missionary one time, uh, and we've all had those callings where God says, hey, I'm going to take you to a new place to do a new thing, but you're going to have to trust me. Uh, it, back in Greensboro, there was a very godly couple, David and Virginia Petty, and uh, oh my goodness, I, I should do a show on how God used them. He had a lumber mill. He was a businessman, but God used them in a mighty way. And when Angie and I were uh, newlyweds, I knew the Petties. They were an older couple, very, very godly. And I was talking about, well, should I go to Liberty University? I think God's called me to the ministry. Uh, I don't know, you know. And uh, Mrs. Petty said to me, she said, well, God doesn't give you the ticket till you step on the bus. Mm. <laughs> now, what she meant was, um, God's not going to give you the whole blueprint. He's going to give you enough that you take a step of obedience today, but you're just going to have to trust him for the great unknowns of tomorrow. 
You certainly and, do. And I want to finish this story about Abraham going to oh, the country. Oh, forgive me. Yeah. No, no. I, this fits right in with what you just said about that ticket. In Genesis 22, Abraham is called to take his son, his only son Isaac, to, to the area of Moriah. Now, that's all he gets. And then he says, to a mountain that I will show you. In other words, he had to get on he had to get on that bus, Alex, is what I'm referring to. And that brought hope. And and he was willing to offer up his son. We find out in Hebrews the reason Abraham was yes, he was obeying the Lord, but he was obeying the Lord in hope because we find out he knew that God could raise him up again. Yeah. You catch? That's the hope. When we have the right hope in Christ, it helps us to obey him during the difficult, most most heartaching times of our lives, Jim. Amen. And, you know, as you guys were talking about that, I thought of, uh, of Noah's wife and what she must have thought of the first time Lowe's back to pick a or truckload of wood into the yard, you know. We're going to build a boat. Uh, we're going to build a boat. For What's what? a boat? What's a boat? <laughs> because it's going to rain. What's rain? So, yeah. Bob, you know, as we're talking about hope today, I, I was thinking of 1 Peter 1.3. And since I haven't done it yet today, or I don't think I did it yesterday, I have a verse from the Amplified. Amplified, yes. <laughs> so, uh, starting at verse 3, it says, Blessed, gratefully praised, and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again, that is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his service to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Folks, we have a hope. That is one of the 12 truths that we've been talking about. But we have a hope, and we have one of the things we have to do is share this hope. You know, you guys were talking earlier about making disciples. That's something we have to do. If we believe in this hope enough, we have to be willing to tell someone else about it. It's not something that we're just going to keep to ourselves. And we're about to go into a break in just a moment. And when we come back from the other side of the break, I'd, I'd like us for, for us to begin to wrap up these 12 indisputable truths with the truth of salvation and the great hope that we have in that and the hope that it provides to others. We'll discuss that and more as Exploring the Word continues on American Family Radio. to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley, along with Dr. Alex McFarland, Brother Bert Harper. It's uh, my privilege to be with these guys this afternoon, and we have been talking about 12 indisputable truths, and the truth we're talking about today is you have hope. And so 1 Peter 1.3 again says, Blessed, gratefully praised, and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. In brackets it says that is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his service. Then close the bracket to an ever living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's not confidence in the fact that Jim Stanley is reading scripture. That does nothing for you. I can read scripture all day long. I mean, earlier we talked about God using Balaam's donkey to warn him. You know, I, I can be a voice that's braying in, in the wilderness, if you will, that you can hear. But unless that message is quickened by the Holy Spirit and it is, and you find root for that in yourself so that you too can be born again, that you can be spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's only words. And guys, we want to move it from words to life, don't we? We really do. Mm-hmm. And these 12 indisputable truths starts with love and ends with hope. Amen. Now, and it's based, guys, on a relationship. These are for believers. And if you if you, you don't feel loved, come to Christ. If you feel alone, I pray you would understand that God came to be in you. You are known by him. You're important to God. You, you, you're special, and he forgives you if you'll come to him. And, and he gives you a purpose for living. Man, what? And he holds you in his right hand. He holds you. And he equipped you to do what he wants you to do. And you're blessed. He's guided. So, guys, we're talking about a relationship with Almighty God, who is the creator and redeemer, and he wants us to know him. And he wants us, he he wants to use us in his kingdom work. Alex, when I think of him wanting to use me, desiring to use me, that amazes me. Then I think he's given me some of the equipment or the all the equipment that I'm to develop in my life so he can use me. Alex, I want that relationship to be filled with love and faith and hope, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the most important thing that we will ever do, the most important thing that could ever happen to us is for us to begin a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, if you've got a relationship with Jesus, friend, you have everything. Mm. On the flip side, you could have 10,000 riches by the world's definition, but if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. You really don't. And you know, um, there's so many verses I love. 1 John 5, 1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, is born of God. And so uh, there has to be a time in your life where you make this realization. You, you realize, you say, you know what? God, God is right. I'm sinful. The, Bi- the Bible had it right. I'm, I'm guilty. And I need forgiveness. Now, Jesus said in John 5, 24, he said, whoever hears my word and believes can have eternal life. And I've got I've got to believe, guys, with an audience of this size, there's somebody out there and today is your day and you need you need to make sure 
God loves you. You are hearing this broadcast because God wants to be in your life. And and people say, but you don't know what I've done or this or that. Look, God knows and God loves you. And this is your day, my friend. Today is your day to make for sure that you have Jesus Christ in your life. And you can do that. And guys, let's let's kind of walk people through this. May we do that? Go right ahead, Alex. All right. This is the word of God. This is not the word of Alex or Jim or Bert, although we certainly absolutely know it's true. But the Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned. Do you know you're a sinner? We all are. Romans 6.23 is a warning and a promise, though. The wages of sin is death. In other words, sin, if it's led to its logical end, means separation from God. However, the gift, and God is offering you a gift right now. My friend, Jesus Christ is offering you a gift, eternal life. And how do you get that eternal life? Well, if you will turn to Christ and say, Lord, I do believe you are the Son of God. I do believe when you were nailed to that cross, you did it for me. I believe you rose, and if I ask you now, you'll forgive me. Do you, do you believe that? Jesus said he was the Son of God. He walked on water. He rose from the dead. Nobody else has ever done that. He proved it. And if you right now will call on Jesus, he will hear you. This is the promise of Scripture, that if you will ask Jesus, he will forgive your sin. And I want to encourage every one of you, if you know that you need to be saved today, do not procrastinate. Do this now. Maybe you want to make sure, and today you're going to make sure, if you will pray something like this, silently but sincerely to God, he has promised to hear you something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for my sins, and I want to be forgiven. I believe you are the Son of God, as you said. I believe you died on the cross for me. I accept what you did as the payment for my sins. So please come into my life. Wash my sin away. Save me and make me your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that, friends... Uh, there's rejoicing in heaven, and you might not hear bells and whistles. Maybe you do. You know, I, I've seen people receive Christ, and they would weep tears. I've seen people just as calm as anything. It's not the emotions. It doesn't matter what emotions you do or don't feel. But the Word of God has promised if you come to Christ, He hears and He receives you. And so if you did that just now, your eternity has changed because your sins have been washed away because Jesus promised he would do that for all who ask. And that brings the hope that we have talked about today, mm-hmm. because it's all in Jesus Christ. And if if you didn't do that, I only encourage you to do so and bring a little bit added motivation to you. What, what are you going to place your hope in? Um, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes put his hope in a lot of things. He thought, man, education will do it. Listen, I do do not demean education. I love it. I'm proud and thankful for the education that I do have. But I want to tell you, it does not deliver a soul. The the writer of Ecclesiastes thought that, man, great works, you know, producing good works would do it. 
you can work yourself to the bone, and still it does not produce that. Living a life of fun, of partying, it only ends in destruction. What are you placing your hope in? It, it reminded me of this scripture, guys. It, it's found in Matthew sixteen twenty six, and it's the New Living Translation. It says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Mm. That's what we're asking today. Is there anything worth more than your soul that will be eternal, either in hell or in heaven? There's no purgatory. There's no in-between. There's no place of wandering. Mm-hmm. It's it's hell or heaven. And I know that sounds crass. I know that sounds old-fashioned, but it's biblical. Uh, the Bible says, is it appointed un- unto man to die one time, and then they stand in judgment. What is the judgment about? It's about first about did you trust Jesus Christ or did you not? And then if you've trusted Christ, it brings in to the rewards that you might receive. Understand that? But we're talking about destiny right now. We're talking about your destination at the point of death. That soul goes to either heaven or hell. And today, the hope that we have is that you would trust Jesus Christ as you prayed and ask Alex, as Alex asked you to, and you ask him into your life, the Lord Jesus into your life. And so, guys, that's the hope we have. And it's not going to come through any other. It's not going to come through a world religion. The religions of the world are not equal. Let's, let me tell you, Jesus Christ is superior what he offers is superior, and what he teaches is superior, and what he gives us, eternal life that brings hope, is superior. Don't trust in any other god, other idol, or anything else. Come to Christ. That's where real hope comes. Amen. <clears throat> Pardon me. Then, you now you know, if we're going to talk about hope, I had to bring this scripture verse in. We've talked about coming, <clears throat> pardon me, we've talked about coming to know Christ. We've told people that there is a hope in Christ. In Revelation, the 21st chapter, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Can, this next verse gets me every time because I imagine a shout in heaven that reverberates throughout eternity in heaven. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. You know, Christ said it is finished on the cross. Here, a few verses down from here, we see again that he says, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And we have this this God who in the beginning spoke and said, let there be light. And then as we read in John, the word was with God and the word was God and nothing was made 
without him. And without him was nothing made. You know, the Bible doesn't repeat itself unless it's to make a point. (laughs) And the point is that our living word of hope that we have through Christ Jesus and his indwelling spirit in us, that's how we make it. That's how we get to that ultimate destination where God himself will be our God and he will be our people. Now, I'm preaching to Bert and Devin in here. You, you, you can't see it, but I've got my hands going. Uh, <laughs> and I'm saying amen, brother. So, preaching. Amen, amen. It's, it's, uh, this is one of those passages that's just very special to me because there's coming a day when all this junk mm-hmm. isn't going to matter anymore. All these debates aren't going to matter anymore. Being a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, an environmentalist, whatever the other, libertarian, whatever the other parties are, none of that's going to matter anymore. Why? Because all these things are gone forever. Death, sorrow, crying, pain, finished because of the salvation that we have found through Jesus Christ. Somebody else better take over. Go ahead, Alex. Well, you know what? You're right, Jim. It's all going to pass away. It's all going to be forgotten. But our standing in Christ, our relationship with Christ, our our rewards in heaven, that's forever. And that that's, you know, the longer I live, the more we, obviously, we, we know it, we believe it, but we rejoice in it because wh- what we have in Christ is the only really permanent thing in this life, isn't it? It is. And and when you said that, I I just want to, if I could sing, I'd break loose and sing right now, (laughs) but you guys are blessed that I don't, but I do want to remind us of a song. And, and those of you that have followed Christ for years and years and years, and you may even be homebound. I I want, as we begin, uh, get ready for the new year, uh, Christmas is past, new year's is coming. I'm reminded of a song that the Gaithers wrote, The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. And you can go through the rest of it, guys, but I I just want to tell you, serving God is a great adventure. It doesn't mean it's always easy. It doesn't mean it's always filled with with joy. It is sometimes sorrowful and difficult. But I want to tell you, the hope that he gives for us at the present time where he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I am with you. Mm-hmm. Not just now, but always to the very end of the age. What a hope we have, and it's based upon his love for us. It's based upon the forgiveness that He we received when we asked him into our lives, and he has blessed us beyond measure. So those of you who are listening, why are we making a big deal out of this on the, the 12th day of these 12 indisputable truths? Because Jesus said, here it is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No hmm. one comes to the Father but by me. He is the truth, isn't he? Absolutely. He is the truth. Jesus is reality. And when we're in Christ, we're in the truth. Blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his, for his purpose to an ever-living hope and confident assurance 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have a hope. You folks are blessed. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Go back and listen to a- at AFR.net to the other podcast. Have a great afternoon. Tell someone about Jesus today. <laughs>